Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. Today's Gospel, St. Matthew chapter 5, 27 to 32, we have an example of a new standard. The law laid down, you shall not commit adultery. So serious of you did the Jewish teachers take of adultery that the guilty part parties could be punished with nothing less than death. It is necessary that we should understand what Jesus is saying here. He is not speaking of the natural, normal desire which is part of human instinct and human nature. According to the literal meaning of the Greek, the man who is condemned is the man who deliberate intention of lusting after a woman. The man is condemned is the man who looks in such a manner that passion is awakened and desire deliberately stimulated. The Jewish rabbis well knew the way in which the eyes can be used to stimulate the wrong desire. They had their sayings, the eyes and the hand are the two brokers of sin. Eye and heart are the two handmaids of sin. Passion lodge only in him who sees. Woe to him who goes after his eyes, for they are adulterous. As someone has said, there is an internal desire of which adultery is only the fruit. In a tempting world, there can be many things which are deliberately designed to excite desire, books, pictures, plays, even advertisements. The man whom Jesus here condemns is the man who deliberately uses his eyes to stimulate his desires. The man who finds a strange delight in things which awaken the desire for the forbidden thing. To the pure all things are pure, but the man whose heart is defiled can look at any scene and find something in it to titillate and excite the wrong desire. The scripture goes on, If your right eye proves a stumbling block to you, Tear it out and throw it away from you, for it is better that one part of your body should be destroyed than your whole body should go away to Gehenna. Your right hand proves a stumbling block. Here Jesus makes a great and surgical demand. He insists that anything which is a cause of or a seduction to sin should be completely cut out of life. The word that he uses for a stumbling block is interesting. It is the word scandalon. Scandalon is a form of the word scandalon, which means a bait stick in a trap. It is the stick or arm on which the bait was fixed and which operated the trap to catch the animal lured into its own destruction. So the word came to mean anything which causes a man's destruction. Behind, behind it, there are two pictures. First, there is the picture of a hidden stone 
in a path against which a man may stumble, or a cord stretched across a path, deliberately put there to make a man trip. Second, there is the picture of a pit dug in the ground and deceptively covered over with a thin layer of branches or of turf, and so arranged that when the unwary traveler sets his foot on it, he immediately is thrown into the pit. The scandalon, the stumbling block, is something which sends him crashing to destruction, something which lures him to his own ruin. Of course, the words of Jesus are not to be taken in crude literalism. What they mean is that anything which helps to seduce us to sin is to be rootlessly rooted out of life. If there is a habit which can be a seduction to evil, if there is an association which can be the cause of wrongdoing, if there is a pleasure that could turn out to be our ruin, then that thing must be surgically removed from our lives. Coming as it does, immediately after the passage which deals with forbidden thoughts and desires, this passage compels us to ask, how shall we free ourselves from these unclean desires and defiling thoughts? It is a fact of experience that thoughts and pictures come unbidden to our minds, and it is the hardest thing on earth to shut the door to them. There is one way which these forbidden thoughts and desires cannot be dealt with, and that is to sit down and so and to say, I will not think of these things. The more we say I will not think of such and such a thing, the more our thoughts are in fact concentrated on it. The outstanding example in history of the wrong way to deal with such thoughts and desires was the hermits and the monks in the desert at the time of the early church. These were men who wished to free themselves from all earthly things, and especially the desires of the body. To do so, they went away into the Egyptian desert with the idea of living alone and thinking of nothing but God. The most famous of them was St. Anthony. He lived the hermit's life. He fasted. He did without sleep. He tortured his body. For thirty-five years he lived in the desert, and these thirty-five years were a non-stop battle, without respite, with his temptations. The plain fact is that if anyone is asking for trouble, Anthony and his friends were. It was the inevitable law of human nature that the more a man says he will not think of something, the more that something will present itself to his thoughts. The best way is by Christian action. The best way to defeat such thoughts is to do something, to fill a life so full with Christian labor and Christian service there is no time for these thoughts to enter in. To think so much of the others that in the end we entirely forget ourselves. The second way is to fill our mind with good thoughts. If any man is harassed by thoughts of the forbidden and unclean things, 
he will certainly never defeat the evil things by withdrawing from life and saying, I will not think of these things. He can only do so by plunging into Christian action and Christian thought. He will never do it by trying to save his own life. He can do it only by flinging his life away for others. This is our thought for today. May God bless you, and till next time, God bless.